Apple presents events at the Apple Store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Nigel Smith. Good evening, everyone. Uh, we're going to have a great panel here today for the film Meadowland, which premieres tomorrow in competition at the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, so first, please welcome to the stage the director and the DP of the film, Reed Morano. And next, we have the film star and one of its uh, primary producers, Olivia Wilde. And we also have another producer in the house. Please give it up for Margot Hand. Good evening, everyone. How is everything? Is it evening? Is it's it? six. I'm going to move oh my, my chair God. back. Right. What's the cutoff the day time? got away from us. <laughs> Six-ish. Um, so the film premieres tomorrow night That's in right. competition. It's your directorial debut. I'm not sure if everybody's aware, but Reed is a really uh, important DP in the independent film landscape. She uh, was the cinematographer behind Kill Your Darlings and The Skeleton Twins, two of my favorite films of uh, the last couple years. Um, what's going through all your heads right now, given that it's going to be premiering tomorrow night? I'm so excited. I've, this film is amazing, and I'm so proud of it, and I just can't wait for people to see it. So I just feel excited. And you, are you nervous? I'm nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reed's also lost her voice this week, so yeah, sorry. she doesn't I'm... always sound like this. <laughs> okay. Well, given that there's obviously no trailer, because the film hasn't been picked up, there's no release date, it's world premiering, as I said, tomorrow night. Uh, can one of you kind of describe what the film's about, since no one here really knows yet? You want it? Um, I, I like to say it's kind of a, um, a dark, impressionistic journey. Um, it's about a couple that go on a road trip um, with their son, and their son ends up disappearing at a, a gas station off the highway. And it doesn't, from there on out, it, it picks up a year later, and they still have no answers. And, you know, it doesn't really take the procedural route. It's not about the investigation. It's not about any of that. It's actually more about um, their internal, you know, like their mental states. But what makes it interesting, I think, is that the um, characters are very proactive, and they're always kind of doing things you don't expect them to do. They start, as the, the film progresses, um, they start to act out. And I think it's really interesting to watch. And so, and it kind of, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say also incredibly uh, self-destructive on top of being proactive. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you didn't write the script. Chris, uh, I forget Rossi. Chris Rossi. Rossi. Chris Rossi. Rossi. So how did you come across the screenplay? What most appealed to you um, as a first-time filmmaker to, to put your stamp on this material? Well, uh, a producer I had worked with, um, Matt Tauber, who also is a producer on this movie, um, he and I worked together we're in the capacity of, you know, I was a DP for another feature he was producing. And at that time, he said, you know, I think you should really think about directing. And I was like, no, I really like it here in my DP bubble. <laughs> but then I, he sent me several scripts, and this was the last one he sent me, and it was the first one that I read where I felt real emotion from the words on the page. Chris is a brilliant writer. And, um, you know, the script was a little, was pretty different when I first got it, but the bones were there. And there was a particular scene in it, which I won't, describe because it would be a spoiler but there was a particular scene in it where I really I read it and I was in tears just from the words on the page and I just thought okay I'm gonna 
you know, that this script was sort of more about the investigation and more about like went into all these other different characters' lives and I was like, this would be a really amazing and I really want to hone in on the, the two main characters and, and you know, kind of flesh them out more. And Chris was totally open and collaborative and just he's the greatest person. He he totally let us work together on it and, and um what eventually evolved was what we ended up with and it's, uh, yeah. Okay. I could keep talking about it forever. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> as producers on the project, how did you both come on board? I'm guessing you were cast before becoming uh, yes. on as producer? Yes, I got the script and fell in love with it and really wanted to be a part of it immediately and uh, met with Reed and fell in love with her and really wanted to work with her. And I, I knew that everybody wanted this role and my agents had told me as much. <laughs> and uh, I was not gonna let it go. And I asked, I begged Reed to come to my apartment and let me read scenes for her. And she did. <laughs> I mean, I could have been kidnapping you. You were so brave. She walked right into my house. And uh, we just immediately worked together so well, just even in that capacity of, of an audition, which is typically a really awkward experience. Um, and then uh, once I was cast in the film, uh, some time went by and we were putting it together and Reed was just super active as a director and, and I was so inspired by the process. And I asked at a certain point if I could come on as a producer. And I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't so in love with the project and didn't want to give everything to it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be so bold as to ask for that role if I weren't up to it. And she agreed to let me come on as her partner along with Matt Tauber. And we started trying to find the money to make it. And uh, it was a challenging experience because this was a female-driven drama with a first-time female director. And it you know, was a really interesting process looking for the right home for it. And uh, eventually we met Margot, who came on as a producer. and facilitated making this movie and it was just at that point this dream team of people who really understood why we were making the story and we were all there to support Reed and her vision and and so yeah kind of a dream producing job actually. Mm -hmm. Now you executive produced before. I executive produced Drinking Buddies. Yeah, yeah, Drinking Buddies, one of my favorite films of yours. Thank Round of applause you. for that. Oh thank you. Awesome performance. If you haven't seen it, you have to see this movie. She's fantastic in it. Thank you. Um, what's the difference between executive producing and producing for the, folks that are really familiar? All the, the world, all yeah. the things. Um, Can you try to break it down for everybody? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing about the title of producer is that I feel it can mean several different things, but I do know that my experience as an executive producer was to support the film, to help get it made, to support it in post-production and to really stand by it. And um, uh, although I was very honored to do that and I learned a lot, producing a film from the ground up is very different because you are taking care of it at every stage from conception to birth and then raising it and putting it through college. And <laughs> I, I learned that as a real producer, you are sort of a jack of all trades. Yeah. You need to be willing to do anything to take care of this project. You are primarily there to support your filmmaker and to support their creative ideas, but you're also dealing with logistical issues and that can get very complex. And that's why I was so grateful to have Margot as a producer, an experienced producer and it's also a as a, a partner, yeah. because she taught me a lot as a first time real producer. And um, so I'll hand it to you for more of an explanation of what makes a producer as opposed to executive, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, the title producer, you know, is allocated in many different ways, but the true producer on the project is a cradle-to-grave kind of role, and you do everything that you can from, you know, depending on what time you came into the project. I came into this specific project um, a bit later in the game. Um, they had already both been attached, but oftentimes a producer gets the script, puts it together, puts the filmmaker, the cast, and then, you know, you make it and you do everything from being an, an assistant, really, to, you know, finding money, to casting. I mean, you really just need to love it because it's, you know, we'll be with this movie forever. Like, we'll, you know, in 20 years when the rights change again, we'll be getting the phone call. Yeah. So, right. you know, it's your child. Exactly that. So it's... And an EP is kind of... Like anything. an uncle, like a nice yeah, uncle. Yeah, like a, like a nice godfather <laughs> who gives you a gift once a year or something. Okay, as producers, I have to ask this question. Don't take it the wrong way. But this is, film's a hard sell. It's a hard watch. Mm -hmm. It tackles some really, you know, tough subject matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I mean, I found it really troubling to watch. It's, it's yeah. very moving and cathartic, but it's, di it's, it's difficult. Um, as producers, you, know, you obviously want to recoup your investment in the film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. How do you kind of gauge that and work with that to, uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say that, you know, the script really took care of that uh, by being not your typical relentlessly depressing dramatic story. Yeah. I, there was a lot of humanity in the story. It's much more thrilling than the typical meditation on grief. It is... Uh, a, a really unpredictable and kind of, it's, we always describe it as a fever dream, which is really how it feels. It's got this kind of um, heart-pounding intensity to it, and I find that to be actually very commercial. Yeah. Um, and there's so many great characters in it. Also, yeah. we have this extraordinary cast. We have Luke Wilson, we have Giovanni Ribisi, we have Elizabeth Moss and Kevin Corrigan. And so we really, uh, I don't think, are a hard sell when you look at the product as a whole now. And I think that, you know, people are afraid to make dramas because they think it'll be a hard sell. But really, I think audiences want to see complex films. I think they want to be challenged. And as we see year after year when the Academy Awards roll around, those films that are a little bit more quote unquote difficult are rewarded because yeah. I think that's actually what people are ready to consume. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you have to be responsible. You know, it was really important for us to make it for the right budget, you know, and that was one of the most amazing things about putting this cast together is what we were able to get for what we had. It really spoke to Reed and the material. Yeah. And, you know, for, for us to be, you know, for our fiduciary duty to the investors, you make sure that you budget it properly, you make sure that you can deliver on the product that you promised, and you surround yourself with people who really believe in, this, in the story. K5 is our foreign sales agent, and they read the script and just got it right away and they were passionate about it and you know and then WME and Gersh are just huge supporters and they'll be here with us this weekend yeah. you know making it making a sale awesome one thing you didn't uh, broach which kind of surprised me was I mean it's tough subject matter as a first-time filmmaker I mean no doubt must have uh, did it scare you um, having to to tackle material like this on your first feature or did you feel totally confident from the outset that you had the what it took I don't think I've felt totally confident, yeah. but I just felt like if I was going to do it at all, um, I want to take the biggest risk, you know, because, um, I mean, that's part of the reason why I also, you know, I shot the film as well as directed it. And, you know, a lot of people told me I was crazy to do that. And a lot of people told me I was crazy to direct this as a first film because it is so challenging and it is really complex and it requires 
you know, like a subtle hand, I think, in order to not go over into a melodrama situation. Yeah. And also it was just like, but I, but I just was attracted to the material. It's the kind of material I would have been attracted to as a cinematographer. And so, you know, I like movies that make me feel uncomfortable. And I mean, I like all kinds of movies, but I also like those kinds of movies. And I thought, like, if you have the chance to make something that could be really powerful, maybe just take, take that chance to do that. I'm, you know, it's not worth it to devote, like, several years of your life to something unless you think you can, like, really make an impact, I think. Yeah. Um, what did you pick up along the way that you brought to your first film? Um, I mean, I think being comfortable, with, being comfortable around actors, you know, obviously I didn't really know how to direct actors yet, since I hadn't done it since film school. And so that was a mystery to me. But, you know, I think the, there's a sensitivity that comes along with being a DP. Um, you're like the actor's best friend. You're there to like take care of them and give them the confidence to, you know, if, if they're not self-conscious, if you can make them feel not conscious, they yeah. can give their best performance. And so that was good preparation for me. Um, additionally, I think just making so many indie features on low budgets and limited time. Um, one thing I think that I brought to the table that maybe the producers appreciated was just my willingness to prioritize and also problem solving in the moment, you know. Mm -hmm. um, when something goes wrong and you only have, or say, you know, you lose a location, it's like coming up with new ways to use a different location that looks nothing like the one you know, that you had mm -hmm. or um, figuring out how to cover a scene unlimited time and, and just having that experience already it was really helpful and helped to move things really fast on set so yeah and we're gonna get a little personal um olivia you're okay. a mother correct yes um how old is your your child now he's one okay so you had already had your your uh, child prior to shooting this correct i had him right before we right started before. shooting okay. and um, actually that was another part of the pre-production process that was interesting is that I we were getting ready to shoot the film when I got pregnant and I told Reed fully expecting her to say well listen thanks for everything but I need to recast and I would have supported that because I just wanted you know obviously this movie to get made and she said she would wait for me which was just a, a really powerful moment and I knew at that point you know I was so completely devoted to this film and yeah. later we joked that the having the baby was just prep for the role because <laughs> I don't know how I would have done it without that experience I I'm sure I would have tried in my first meeting with Reed I told her I was really prepared to play a mother because I really love my dog yeah she was like she's like I know what it I, I feel like I can really relate to this this is how I feel about Paco and she was like and I was like yeah. Is it the same? Is it the same now that you ha had a kid? It's a little different. It's a little different, right? Yeah. <laughs> no disrespect to Paco. It's a little different. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, it was a, a scary thing to think, well, you're going to go through this life-changing experience and have a child and then produce and yeah. star in a film. And uh, the support group was so important. You know, this everybody making this film was really supportive of... of everything I needed to make that happen and it was incredibly gratifying to be able to have an artistic outlet after going through that experience and um, it all felt very meant to be. Yeah. While that prepared you for the role, no doubt must have terrified you as a new mother to, to you know, to live through that kind of loss for I don't know how long you shot this for, I'm guessing 30 days, like 
every Indiana day is 20, 20, 20 17, 22. 22, all right. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think that's something that Reed and I really bonded over. She has two sons. Yeah. And we had many moments of, of really feeling the pain of this character together, of what she must feel like. And I think it would have been much more difficult for me to go through that alone, but I was never going through it alone mm. because I could look at Reed and we would just understand, wow, that this is it. This is that really tough place. But, but we had each other and sometimes she would even bring it back, you know, remind me exactly how it would feel if it were my life. Um, and it was just... You know, you, you don't want to give your most personal life to a role unless you feel it's a very safe place. And that has a lot to do with your relationship to the director. But when you have that awesome relationship with the director, it's so wonderful because you can freely give yourself and use all your real experiences and pain and happiness and everything in between to flesh out the role. But that doesn't happen unless there's a, a trusting relationship. Okay. There's a scene towards the end. I'm not going to give away exactly what happens but your character experiences a breakdown and it's an astonishing moment in the film and your performance just blew me away in that scene especially Thank you. Thank um you. how did you work up to that and what was it like to to go through that on set you know it's interesting we we spent so long prepping this film that whereas on a typical job you might have a couple months with the script probably less to work on it i felt i had been preparing the movie for a year the character was kind of living with me for a year. So when, when, I, when she finally had the opportunity to lose it, I felt all this pent up emotion from living with this character, Sarah, for so long that, that it wasn't very difficult. Um, it was cathartic. And again, I could only go there because Reed was there with me. And literally with me, because I don't know if she, if she made this clear, but she's not only, she directed the film, but she also, I was a cinematographer on the film and also operated the camera. So it was a really, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was a, a really unusual experience because we could communicate by literally whispering to each other while she was filming. Um, but, you know, she could improvise as a filmmaker on the spot based on what I was doing and, and I would kind of feel where she was going and respond to it. So we developed this unspoken language that was just brought the scenes to places that we never could have predicted. And that could never have happened if it was, oh, wait, stop, let me ask the director who's over at Video Village. Okay, now there's this sort of like lag in communication. Logistically, I think as producers, it was really amazing because it saved us a ton of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, we were on a road with, and there was no monitor built. Like, it, it, it made it so much more beautiful. Like, we were just standing on the side of the road watching her like Olivia go through this moment and watching Reed with the camera be right there and Reed was crying and, <laughs> you know, it was very emotional. It was one of the, my most favorite moments and it only happened because these two had, have and continue to have this chemistry that I haven't seen before. Yeah. yeah. Watching that moment, I felt like I was experiencing a, a breakthrough moment for you as an actress. Did you, did you feel that way on set? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Oh, every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I as a did. performer, yeah. No, absolutely. No, it, it um, you know, as an actor, you want someone to dare you to go places you've never been. You want someone to dare you to be better. And that's what I felt at every turn with this. And uh, I absolutely feel like I grew and evolved and, and, and um, it, you know, it honestly just 
spoiled me because now I only want to work on things that bring me to those places. And I, I, I think that's what we all look for as actors. I mean, you spend your whole career looking for a project that sets you free like that. So I feel pretty lucky. Well, you have to keep me making movies. <laughs> Make more yes, movies. They Make let more all movies. Make they let you. Um, we're going to open it up to the audience. If you have a question, please oh, just raise your hand. We have a lot. Um, and somebody's going to be coming around with the mic. Hey, guys. Um, I have to say, Olivia, I am an actress, and I think your work is amazing and inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I just wanted to know, um, like, make, bringing a character to life, sometimes you do put your own personality into the character. I just wanted to know if you um, relate to the character in any way, mm -hmm. not just being a mother, but um, in like, do you know? Yeah, no, I yeah. know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think as you evolve as an actor, you realize that it's less and less about departing from yourself and more about peeling back pieces of yourself. And uh, that's why it can be this crazy process of self-psychoanalysis taking on a role because you might think well that character is nothing like me and then you realize wow actually I think the reason I'm drawn to it is because there's more like me than I maybe even want to realize it's kind of an interesting experience with Sarah specifically she's going through something that is so mind-blowing that it's hard for me to say that I could be as strong as she's being there were many times making the film where we'd say well I would just jump off a bridge I don't know how she's getting up every day. I don't know how I would deal with this. And that is what is so compelling about this story because there's many people in the world going through unimaginable experiences. And it's important to tell their stories because they teach us about humanity and they teach us about strength. So that's what I felt every day with Sarah. I thought, I can't believe she's, she's going on, she's continuing. She has to go to work every day living with this pain. Just to get in her car and drive. How do you even do that when you're dealing with such loss? But man, there's a lot of people in the world doing that every day. So I just connected with that reality and felt that was an important story to tell. Hi, Olivia. I want to ask if you could compare one movie to this one because some reason why this looks so similar to In Time, what movie would it be? To In Time? Yes. That's Roger Deakins, so yeah. it would be. Woo! He's a great cinematographer. Roger Deakins shot in time and Reed shot this, and I think they're two of the best. So that's cool that you make that comparison. But I, uh, gosh, I mean, we had a lot of films that inspired us for this, and certainly in terms of the look, that was Reed's yeah. inspiration. I mean, what was your inspiration, really? Oh, for the look? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm just, like, <laughs> it was sort of going to be, I mean, for other movies, I couldn't put my finger on what another movie was actually inspiring the look. Right. The look came out of um, the emotion that I wanted to achieve. So it was just to be intimate, as intimate as possible with the characters, with the camera. And then, um, you know, also, I wanted it to have a filmic look. So, you yeah. know, we shot with these anamorphic lenses. Uh, master anamorphics, but there's like films that inspired us. I think from a like right. a style perspective, almost. Mm -hmm. Even though not like a good example would be like I really love Requiem for a Dream, and I feel like, um, you know, the movie. If you see it, you probably won't be thinking of Requiem for a Dream, but it's not like stylized like that. Right. But the way that that movie makes you feel, and so I wanted to achieve something similar yeah. to that. Yeah. This question is for Olivia. Love Tron Legacy, one of my favorite movies of 2010. Uh, 
Thank what you. was your experience like? And uh, is there going to be another one? Wow. Um, well. There is, right? That's what I hear. That's, I read something. There are rumblings of that. Um, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting you bring up Tron because it couldn't be further away on the spectrum from, from Meadowland. But it's valuable to use that as an example of how different the filmmaking experience can be. The intimacy we were just talking about and the immediacy of communication and, and the small production was so different from something like Tron, which requires a crew of 250 people. Um, and so to answer your question, it was an incredible experience to, to be a part of and to witness technology evolving you know right in front of my eyes we were using some of the first 3d cameras to shoot tron and that was a terrible time to shoot in 3d because it took 45 minutes to change a lens so i'm glad things have changed um but it it really is a, i'm very very fortunate to have been on sets like tron and experienced that and on sets like meadowland and i can really value each of them for different reasons so thank you Hey, Reed. So I'm a director and a DP as well, and I rarely do them together anymore. I was wondering if you could speak to kind of that process. Are you having to be more reliant on your first AD to kind of gauge takes or, you know? Um, I mean, since I was looking, that's a great question. Um, since I was looking through the viewfinder, I didn't really rely on anyone else to gauge takes per se. I just had to trust myself. If there was something I felt like I didn't there's something about, I shot the whole movie handheld, and there's something very instinctive for me shooting handheld because I come from documentary, and where you're very much not, you're, you kind of are reacting off of your subjects, as you may know, and, and you're not, when I'm operating the camera, most of the time, I'm feeling the emotion of the scene, and I'm actually like kind of not really paying attention to the operating, or at least maybe the operating, is second nature for me when it's especially handheld. And so I kind of felt, you know, if there was ever a time where I felt like something was complex and I needed to see it again, I could, you know, I could do playback, but I rarely had to do that when we were on set. Um, and I think what was great about it was because I come from that world of operating and DPing, and I'm, that's how I've always absorbed performances. It, see, it was sort of the right place for me to be. Also, I could be more actively involved in the scene because the camera is a character too. And um, for me to have to translate to someone else, well, you know, like what I would want them to do with like a free flowing handheld camera, it would be, it's much faster and easier for me to just get in the scene because a lot of times I don't really know what I'm gonna do because what I'm gonna do is based off of what she's gonna do. And I don't know what she's gonna do, and I'm—I don't really have a plan. So I just kind of go into it with a very loose plan. Like I know I've got the tighter lens on right now, so it's gonna be that shot, whatever that is. We'll find out once it takes over. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. Uh, how you doing, Olivia and I read and Margaret? I had a question. Uh, how important? You speak very uh, vividly of how your relationship is uh, how you like, you, you girls like each other, it's obvious. Like, with the tell. time allotted, <laughs> with the time allotted to uh, make movies these days, like how it's very, it's shortened. Right. How important is that? Because you don't, you had 22 days. 
if you girls weren't getting along one day or whatever, right. you weren't you weren't feeling like doing working with each other, that could make the process a little more strenuous. Like how important was the, your relationship personally? So important, such a great question. And often, you know, in pre-production, maybe you're given like two meetings before you start working with someone and that's really difficult. So in a way, our challenges of having, you know, a lot of time before we started shooting actually benefited us because we knew each other really well by the yeah. time we started. But, you know, that, that interesting part of making movies, that forced intimacy that's required between actors, between actor-director, between producers, it's like you put your differences aside. You make it happen. Um, there's also a reason that a film set is not a democratic environment. Yeah. The director is the leader and they make the choices and everyone is there to serve their choices. And I personally believe that's how you make a good film. And directors are also, they have to be great delegators and they hire people they trust and then trust them to do that work. But so I'd say that's part of it, you know, choose, not signing on to something unless you do think you can give that level of respect and trust to your partner. Um, and then while in the process knowing like this is, this is war. You suck it up and you go, and this is like, welcome to the suck, you go, <laughs> this is it. No, it's, it's much more pleasant than I'm making it sound. But I, I, I do think it is a lucky thing when you hit those projects where like, wow, the chemistry is so good. And in my experience, I mean, you mentioned Drinking Buddies, it was also, it was very similar. That movie was an interesting example of the opposite level of preparation because we had no script and no days of getting to know each other. So we uh, hung out probably three times, the director, the other actor, and I, and then we started shooting a fully improvised movie about two best friends. And it was like, well, we'll just use our experiences of having friends in life and see if that works together. But I feel like there is that level yeah. of like, suck it up and, and work together. Yeah, I mean, film sets are, can be really intense. You know, I think we've all seen videos online of how intense sets can actually get. Um, <laughs> where? I want to see Where that. are those? I think, you know, we were also so proud on the set to be kind of this female trifecta of, of people working on a film that we re really believed in. And, you know, I think if everyone comes to set as a professional and who believe in the movie and who believe in each other, a lot of that chemistry just happens, and I think we just lucked out that we just like each other as people, which doesn't always happen, but that doesn't mean you don't make a great movie. Olivia, why, was, why were you attracted to the script right away, and how different is it to be an actress in the movie where you also play another role, a producer or any other roles? Um, first question, why was I attracted to the script right away? The script was just very compelling. I mean, I think that's why it was a competitive, race to get this role and which I completely understand because it was just a really well-written role and then the idea of working with Reed just kind of expanded the possibilities of the script but I really loved that it was an unusual way to tell the story of someone going through grief I liked how unpredictable it was I was flipping through the pages with my heart pounding it didn't feel like this slow kind of painful relentlessly sad thing I was like wow I have no idea what this woman's going to do. She's losing her mind. And I, I just found that very compelling. Um, that's just really unusual, I think. And in terms of the differences between an actress, being an actress and producer, um, as an actor, you are only expected to show up and act. And you, it's understandable if you want to just then retreat and be left alone and then show up again when you're supposed to act. Obviously, I couldn't do this on this movie. 
because I wanted to be involved. I wanted to, you know, ask questions and see if I could be supportive, see if I could help whatever needed to be done on the day. I mean, I don't think I would have had as great an experience if I didn't have such a supportive team of partners because, uh, you know, Margot really understood that my job on the day had to be to bring the best performance. So if there was a crisis going on that really needed producers to be all hands on deck, I'm sure she took more of that load to let me focus on the scene at hand, you know? So I don't think I could, have, could do it without that supportive group around me. Hi, Olivia. How are you? I'm Haley. I'm a film actress as well. So as no, uh, I know, actually, when you're filming, so you need to do different angles for the same scene and say the same line over and over again. Yeah. So how do you like get into the same emotion over and over again? And but you did a really good job. I really appreciate you. By the way, you're so pretty. Ah! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, gosh, you know, that's the weird thing about acting in, in movies and TV is that weird thing of recreating a moment and, and trying to find the truth in it every time. And I think that's another place where a great director comes in and reminds you, hey, you're not listening. You know, please act like you haven't said this line 17 times. Um, I, I also think it depends on the material. You know, some material is so dense and interesting that it's endlessly fascinating. Every time you say it, it takes on another life. And, and that's the material you look for, right? Because, because you want that experience. So combination, good material, good director, and, and uh, just having fun with it, making choices. You know, you want the director to have choices in the editing room. Well, thank you so much, and have an amazing premiere tomorrow thank night. You. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs>